All right, Handkerchief Dynasty, episode 114, another sexily visual edition coming at you across the astral plane from the far reaches of outer space to the deepest recesses of your imagination. We are here. We're playing the Leafs tonight, second game of three. Our prediction is that since uh, McDavid, and indeed the whole team was held pointless last game, we, the over, we should expect a few points from, uh, from the great one. Right? Or I guess I can't call him that. What's what, what, the oh, greatest you one? You absolutely cannot call him that. Can I call him? What, <laughs> no, you know. You can I call him? Yeah. What, can, what, what can I call him that's like the great one that will like annoy people but won't technically be uh, verboten? The greatest mm. one? No. No. Oh, jeez. I, I don't know. What, what do you call McDavid? <laughs> He's got a lot of names, but the great one's not one of them. The Connor, the yeah. McJesus. McJesus is definitely one. I'm not a fan of McJesus. I don't mind McDeity though. It's like oh. sounds like McDavid, and it has some some of those connotations without a specific one. I haven't heard McDeity. I like that a lot. Oh, it's mine. Oh, that's great. Yeah, Bruce. Uh, <laughs> Bruce. Bruce terms a lot of uh, a lot of he coins a lot of phrases like uh, it, like we we're on Patreon now and we're going to be doing a monthly show and I want to call that show masterpieces of deception which is what uh, Bruce termed uh, the second and third goals of McDavid's last hat trick. <laughs> oh, yeah. I, love that, I love that phrase, masterpieces of deception. Um, so good to have you guys all on mic here. I mean, um, we, uh, we, got, we got a tasty, uh, tasty match came up against Toronto tonight. Do we know if, uh, if Matthews, oh, oh, he that is over-heralded in the Eastern media, is he coming back tonight or is he, is he still out? Does anyone know? I haven't heard. Yeah, I, uh, I was listening this morning to some of the Toronto folks. They um, they said he only took light reps in practice yesterday, so uh, there's an expectation he won't be back in today. In the interest of uh, of creating controversy, I mean, what do you guys think of this whole this whole thing in the media about about Matthew somehow being in the same same tier as McDavid? Because it really infuriates me, but. Um, the high priest tells me that I really just need to be turning off the the Twitter component of my or the the, the Toronto component of my Twitter. <laughs> Bruce, what do you think of that? My, my take is that he's real good, Matthews, and that Oilers fans who want him to fail are destined to be disappointed because he's not a fail. He's a hell of a player and a hell of a two way player, great sniper. Um, I would not trade McDavid for him. It's kind of my my bottom line position. I would love to have him. I'm not sure I would trade Drysaddle for him. In fact, I don't think I would. Hell no, but no. Uh, it's just uh, you know, and some of it's personal preference. They're certainly all among the elite players in the league. And to suggest otherwise is uh, to put on a you know an anti-Toronto bias, which in its way can be as annoying as the pro-Toronto bias. <laughs> Good call on that one. That, that, looks, that, that, that sounds direct. Sounds like it was directed towards me. Um, no, it's, it's directed towards about eighty-seven percent of the atmosphere, actually. Yeah. You know, I hate I, Toronto too, but I can see what I see. You know. Yeah, I think. Oh, they got uh, a great one, team right now. Go ahead. Well, I was going to say one of the things that, I think it was Paul Almeida put out a poll uh, a couple couple days ago, mm-hmm. and he said, you know, if you were to start a franchise, would you take? Uh, who would you take and in what order? And it was McDavid, I think McKinnon, Dreisaitl and Matthews. And, and I think that answers your question. I mean, I, you know, you take McDavid and, and uh, 
and you probably wouldn't take Matthews even second in that list, uh, to be honest, to start a start a franchise. But, you know, like Bruce said, if you're looking for him to fail, there's no chance of it. I mean, the guy is a sniper and he's, you know, if he if he can get through a season healthy, he's a 50 goal a year guy um, and you can book it. Uh, but um, yeah, he's he's awesome. I respect the talent. Just um, you know, it's a little bit overhyped in comparison, and and you know, Edmonton uh, media has got the same thing on occasion when we've got a player uh, that's just scraping, uh, you know, that uh, close to greatness. They will, you know, will on occasion say he's better than he is, and and um, so I'm not surprised by it. It just happens to be there's more Toronto media than Edmonton media, mm. right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, fair to say by a wide margin. I mean, I think it's I, I'm I'm probably over sensitive, but I, I do think I will be uh, emigrating out of Canada pretty soon based on uh, based on all the buzz out of Toronto. I'm pretty sure that's the number one cause of uh, emigrating out of Canada. I wanted to ask you guys, um, like we're well past the quarter pole mark. What are we in? Like 20 games now? Deep? 23. Yeah. So I mean, we're almost at the halfway mark. That's that's literally the halfway mark, right? Although obviously the American teams probably aren't going to get to 56. But I was looking at some of our uh, some of our pending UFAs, um, and maybe this is too early. But um, there's a few names on the list that really I, I wouldn't I wouldn't have expected necessarily to see uh, as targets for being re-signed. But uh, some of them are making a pretty good case for themselves right now. Um, I'm thinking of I wanted to ask you guys your thoughts on uh, Alex Chason Chaser and his uh, his his recent play. Um, Cause I've been, I've been quite impressed with him and I, I wouldn't mind seeing him re-signed to maybe a little, little less than the 2.15 he's got. Um, but uh, I love the jib on this kid. I love his work in front of the net. Am I, am I crazy that I want to see this guy, this guy re-signed maybe for like, let's say one, one point something for a couple more years. I don't think so. Sorry. Go ahead. Oh, no, I was going to say, I'd, I'd love to hear Bruce. I mean, you guys, uh, you and, um, and the guys put together those high, uh, Hi, hi, what do you call them? <laughs> Sorry, uh, game grades, scoring chances. Yeah, the high scoring chances, high opportunities. Yeah, grade mm. A scoring chances. Grade yep. A scoring. Chances. Always makes me want an egg whenever yeah. you guys talk about your grade <laughs> A scoring chances. I just all I want is an egg. But yeah, go ahead. Uh, like, where's he fit in the mix? Uh, you know, of Oilers players. I, you know, I, I mean, I'm, I'm not, uh, I'm not against um, Holland re-signing him, but at the same time, I'm not. You know, if there's another player out there, then, you know, I'm not going to lose sleep over it. Uh, he's a depth guy for sure, but he's a damn good depth guy. He's got uh, uh, he's got real utility on the power play uh, that um, uh, has proven out. I mean, this is his third year as an oiler and he was good on the power play the first year. Last year, he had the best rate of goals for on of any player, regular power player in the entire league. Uh, the order scored 13.8 goals for every 60 minutes. Chase on was on the ice on the power play. It was a goal clear of McDavid and, uh, and the other star Oilers and Neil was a notch below them. And uh, all of them were at the top and the Oilers last year were just off the charts. And this year we have, uh, uh, chase on hadn't, hadn't scored on the power play until recently. But he got a he got a big goal in Vancouver that uh, that uh, uh, put him ahead to stay. He got the uh, a pass on the tying goal in the big comeback in Vancouver. Uh, he also got a um, 
on a big goal against Calgary the previous Saturday that put him ahead to stay. It wound up being 7-1, but at the time it was a big goal, especially being as it was scored with uh, ugly Sam Bennett in the penalty box, having put Slater Kukuk out for the season, you want to score on that power play. So points for Chase on for picking the spot. Anyway, uh, we had him before that as contributing to no fewer than six Oilers power play goals, all by screening the goalie. Like he's just exceptional at that. And we try and recognize goalie screens, which is generally unrecognized in scoring summaries. And the stuff that he does is crowd the blue paint, create passing lanes behind him, uh, screen the goalie, uh, every once in a while, clean up the garbage in, in front. And he's also really good at winning puck battles. When, it, when, when the shot from the point is saved and it goes to the boards, he crashes the boards hard and he often keeps possession and keeps the... Those are all valuable things. Not very often do they even result in points. But it's just like saying, to me, the net front guy in the power play, you talk about the quarterback on the on the blue line, the power play, the net front guy is the tight end. And every once in a while, he's going to catch a pass. But a lot of the good work he's going to do is just by blocking, by by playing his position and and and, uh, and kind of being that X factor where he can come in and create some space for those skill guys that have the football behind him. Well, in this case, of course, it's a puck, but it's an equivalent role. And, and he does it, to my eye, very, very well. At even strength, he's a low event player. Gets the odd point here and there, but defensively very, very sound. And so to me, he's worth, if you talk about his $2.15 million contract, like everybody wants to, to me, he's worth a million on the power play and a million at even strength. And I'll give him $150,000 for his leadership and his, uh, his one and only Stanley Cup ring that's in that entire dressing room. It's nice to have one of those. And he's the guy. I just think he's a, you know, just a real solid piece in a in a in a depth role so lower salary be nice i mean if we could get him back at six hundred fifty thousand, like he was in uh, 2018-19 that would be ideal right but you know over the three years that he's been here i i would suggest that he's earned the total total money that uh that the orders will have paid him uh hi priest do you want to chime in do you think uh, alex chason is the greatest french canadian who ever lived yes or no um well, he's definitely probably um, top 1,000. Top 1,000? That's pretty good. <laughs> I think he's um, – I think I, I would agree with Bruce. He's extremely valuable. He's been extremely valuable in the sense that he's been to the top of the mountain. And on a deep run, guys like that, um, that's when they – that's when they – that's their bread and butter, right? Like that's when those guys become – extremely valuable when it's all new when it's a deep run it's so important to have a guy that's been there before and there's that old story about when the oilers lost to the islanders and they walked past the locker room the islanders locker room and the isles were just in there just completely beat up they had nothing left in the tank and you want guys on a team that are able to you know they've been there before we don't have a lot of veteran guys. And I think that's something that uh, in the past has maybe bit us a little bit. So I don't know when you have a guy like him, who's able is net, net front presence. 
um, sound defensively, just like Bruce said, like he's definitely someone I, I would uh, want to see back next year for the same. I mean, if we could get him for less, that'd be great. But I think he's definitely earned what he's getting and he's, he's done more or less what's, what's been expected of him. Let me ask you guys this. If yeah, if it's the choice of having that extra million though to pay Nuge to keep him, I mean, what's your, what's your option? Oh, there's a, there's I mean, a few, yeah. right? Yeah. Nuge, I mean, is, Nuge is a priority. I think Nuge yeah. is, is likely to, to get locked up here. Um, there is a lot of, I, I, I doubt if it would come down to that. Like there's a lot of money to be played with uh, this off season. Um, but I mean, yeah, Nuge is, uh, definitely the top free agent priority. And I think everything else is second order. Well, remember the summer that uh, the Oilers re-signed Chase on, on July 1st, uh, but it was during the day. He was briefly on the market and so were the Oilers. And the, and the key target in the eyes of many was uh, Brett Conley, who wound up signing four years, 14 million down in Florida. Noticed his name on the waiver wire yesterday. And, you know, he's got like one goal and, and I don't think he's got the, the, the rep as a, as a, as a defensive player, even that, uh, that chase on does uh, uh, for what they signed him for, which was short term, two years and low money for, he was the cheapest 20 goal scorer on the market that year. And they, you know, people mm-hmm. could say, well, he's not really a 20 goal scorer and they'd be right. But uh, cause I mean, he's typically been 11, 13, 15 throughout his career, but he's been, He's been consistent. He had a great year for the Oilers at NHL minimum, and he cashed in a little bit, but it's not like they gave him four times 3.5 or God forbid, seven times six, you know, I mean, they, they paid him, I thought pretty commensurate with, uh, with what he'd earned Mm. maybe next year, because he's not going to have 20 goal seasons that, that, that price tag will come down a little bit, but I don't Um, see the little marginal bit being in the way of uh, signing Nuge personally. Yeah. Um, guys sorry go, go ahead. ahead go ahead no you go ahead oh i was gonna ask where do you guys see zach cassian slotting back into the lineup once he's healthy enough to play it's a good question maybe not at all <laughs> i mean you know we got him for a number of more years i i'm still hoping somehow by some miracle we see things turn around for zach because i think you know that that little ball of crazy that I mean, the very first episode of Handkerchief Dynasty is titled Wild Pit of Insane Rage in honor of Zach Cassian. And if we can see a reemergence of the Wild Pit of Insane Rage, I, I, I have him on my team all day, but I just, I haven't seen the passion in so long. I'm starting to wonder if, you know, maybe he's got, maybe he's got someone on the side. Maybe he's been Instagram DMing with some other tart and the marriage is over. I don't know. I don't know. I saw him say "Go Flames, Go" or equivalent hey, the yeah. other day. I mean, that sounds like a tart on the side to me. Oh, <laughs> well, I didn't hear about that. That's scary. Oh yeah, yeah it's got a little video. Some guy paid him a hundred bucks, and he it's comes a out cameo. And... Yeah, oh, stop it. What yeah, is it worth coming to? Hard to, hard to believe bucks. he would do that for hundred bucks. paid him yeah. eight figures, and he for a hundred bucks he does that. I mean, I, I know it's a little bit of fun, but it's not a good look, Zach. It really isn't. <laughs> <laughs> especially for a guy who's made his bones on you know i expect almost nobody on the oilers to have more bile for the flames than zach cassian and matt kachuk who he went out of his way to praise and i mean he was 
clearly reading a script or you've been prompted. Stop. 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 Oh my God. Stop. I don't, don't want to hear any more of this. <laughs> um, speaking of, uh, just I want to get this in really quick. This is coming right, right down off the wire. Oilers claim goalie Stalock off waivers from the wild. Anyone have an opinion on Alex Stalock? I mean, we might not oh. even see him the whole year, right? Holy smokes. Really? Cool. Yeah, it happened yeah. Uh, about an hour ago. I, you know, I mean, that's good, right? I mean, we all knew they needed a third stringer. I, I, yeah. you know, it's, it is what it is, right? Um, you know, they'll keep them in hope. May, maybe it means something. Maybe it doesn't. But mm. my guess is we'll have them for about a week before somebody else claims them when we drop them on waivers, right? And uh, yeah, <laughs> it's been a wacky year for waivers, no question. I was going to one of my the things I had written down here is. Um, how would you guys describe our our current goaltending situation? I feel good question that it's precarious. I feel that we're one bad Miko, maybe a couple of bad Miko starts away from entering territory where we stop using words like tandem, and this becomes more of a one and two goaltending situation an a and b situation as opposed to a 1a and 1b situation and now with alex stalock i mean how would you guys describe our current goaltending situation bruce precarious is a great word mm. that, that, that really does kind of sum it up uh i do think that uh tippett's preference for mike smith has become I mean, it was already fairly apparent, but even more so, Smith's come back and he has played well uh, until last game. I thought he was poor on Saturday night, frankly. But uh, since Smith came back, uh, Koskinen's had two starts and he posted a 9.52 and a 9.77. And for that, he got stuck back on the bench for over a week each time. Like he's played the two back-to-backs and both times he stoned the other team and came away with a win, faced over 40 shots each time. And yet Tippett goes back to Smith, then Smith, then Smith again. And I'm pretty sure Costin is going to get to start against Toronto tonight because if he doesn't, it's almost a firing offense, frankly, at this point. But uh, wow, uh, yeah, well, geez, I mean, come on. Uh, and I know that Holland and Tippett had nothing to do with Koskinen's contract, but they did have something to do with Smith's contract and he got cut back in pay and bonuses by a significant amount. And yet they're treating him like he's still the number one. Pretty sure that they like his puck handling and the way he kind of relieves stress on the defense. And that's a, that's a priority for Tippett, obviously. But uh, uh, Koskinen's a better pure stopper. And I'd like to see him get some, some games. You know, I mean, if it's supposed to be a two-goalie system, then let's see the two goalies. I mean, uh, Mike. Yeah, go ahead, High Priest. <laughs> you're clearly there's a look on your face like you're ready to like skin a cat. I mean, Mike Smith has been playing pretty damn well lately, he's and I don't good. know. I, he's been better than I would say. He's he's been a bit better than just good. I'm not sure that he's been real good. Okay, he's been real good. I like that better. I'm not sure that. Yeah, I don't know. I think that his play has justified him being in there. And I also think that Mike Smith brings a lot of things to that room that Miko Koskinen might not bring. He's not that he doesn't have the same qualities. So uh, I'm I'm not sure. Miko to me hasn't 
He's won some games, but he hasn't, to me, yet stolen a game. He hasn't made the big save that's won the game. And I think until he has one of those games, um, I don't know. I don't, I don't think the team is going to play as confident in front of Miko as they play in front of Mike Smith. Well, they won a game in Ottawa, the second game of the back-to-back in Ottawa. And the Oilers were, frankly, brutal in that game. And uh, they got outshot, I think it was 42-22, and they won 3-2. I, I credit Miko with that win. Like I, I, I don't think they would have won that game without him. I, I get that one. I, I, I'm with you, though. I don't think he's, like, stolen a game, you know, been lights out where it's just a masterful performance. He's certainly been, you know, the better goalie in, in a couple. I, but, you know, look. I think we're not giving these guys enough credit. They had a hell of a year last year as a tandem, right? And they're showing that right now, now that Mike Smith is back, they're, you know, they're back on that. And Mike Smith, I think, you know, the way Tippett sees it is he does want to give equal time. And uh, Smith had some catching up to do, right? He gave Koskinen uh, a bit of a break and he played the hot hand in Mike Smith. You know what? I mean, unless if, uh, unless if they go through a stretch here where they, you know, uh, prove it wrong, then, you know, we're, our goaltending situation isn't as precarious as we'd think. I mean, this is the tandem that last year, you know, uh, was, was pretty damn good when you look at it, right? Smith was 902 and, and Koskinen was 917 through a season. They both played, I think they're like a game apart from each other. Yep. Um, you got uh, Stalock if, you know, if you can keep him and the waiver is not too crazy, at least you got a backup that can give a guy a break. That's not Stuart Skinner, all respect to that, to that kid, but that poor guy bringing him in in that situation. I mean, he, won his, yeah. he won his game. Yeah. He, he did win his game. He won it you know wasn't, I mean? wasn't necessarily pretty, but it's it, a bit of a team, it, yeah. team win. I would call that yeah. one. But I, but I, you know what? I, I like this. I think I'd be surprised if we don't see Koskinen in net tonight. Um, you know, but uh, I, I'm not sure firing offense, but pretty damn crazy. I was surprised that he didn't have Bouchard in, but I, you know what? I question tip at every game and uh, we're, you know, second in the division. So, yeah, <laughs> right. He's a, he's a fun coach to question because yeah. he seems, he seems really dug in when he makes a decision. He seems like he doesn't feel like anyone's entitled to like a, an explanation really that much. <laughs> I mean, he does, he'll, he'll give one, but it'll usually be like, I don't know. Um, before we move on from the goaltending, though, like Mike Smith has a nine three four save percentage right now in uh, in the games he's played. Like, what save percentage guarantees that Mike Smith gets an offer from the Oilers this offseason to be to be in the tandem again? Like nine fifteen, nine twenty five. I think I think if he gets if, I think if, if he's got a nine fifteen save percentage, I don't see how we don't we don't try and get him again for one more year as as Why at least the backup. <laughs> I, I <laughs> or the start. I I, no? I I think this is likely, unless if there's nobody around again, this is likely the last season we see Smith. I, I you know, I just can't see just, them going. Just because of how hard they went after Markstrom, and you feel like they're looking for someone more long term. They're ready. They want to settle. They're down, looking get a condo. for a bona, bona fide starter, right? Mm-hmm. And and while I just finished saying these guys are are not in a precarious situation, you know, as we saw with uh, Miko when he's all alone he's not the guy, right? Um, he yes. needs, he needs half and half time. And, uh, if they, um, they need a bona fide starter and that's, and that may be the precarious part of this is if one of those guys goes down and Smith, while he's playing, like he's young, he's not young for a hockey player. And especially a goalie that's been, 
you know, through a lot and uh, the pad save there, the, the, uh, <laughs> the uh, throwing the pads up there and, and um, that's great. But um, yeah, I can't, I'd be, I put money down that he's not back next year. What do you he think, Bruce? Be pretty good. Oh, I mean, nine fifteen sounds good. He's certainly got a nice head start on. It. I mean, if he if he goes over his next eight games, nine hundred, he's still at nine seventeen, right? Based on nine thirty four to date, or somewhere in that neighborhood. Um, I've had people tell me he'll wind up at eight eighty five, and I've been quite outspoken <laughs> saying that's not going to happen. And nope. I mean, there are people that have zero confidence in Mike Smith. I'm not that guy. But I am the guy that says when you got a 38-year-old goalie and you start him in eight out of ten games, you shouldn't be too surprised when he when he when he comes up off his form in the eighth game. And I personally thought Saturday was the time to start Koskin, but it being the first game again, this big series against Toronto, Smith coming off the shutout, I can see it. Tonight mm-hmm. they'll switch it out. What are your thoughts on where our second line is right now? Are we in danger of becoming, it, look, it seems like we found, well, I think we have found a third line. There's a lot of chemistry on that third line, but are we, are the Oilers in danger of becoming a line that if you're, if it's, if the opposition is able to shut down that first line, there's not enough of a push from the second line to kind of, I, I, where do you guys, where are you at with the second line? Well, how do you feel about what's going on with that second line? Hey, Leon's banged up. It's quite clear he's missed a bunch of practices. Uh, he missed a practice after an off day, which is a, a rare thing. Uh, he's looking at half bubble off plum. I've, I've heard people say upper body, lower body, you know, uh, that he doesn't have the power in his drive, that he's not, he's not like shoot the puck. I've seen a couple games where he had zero shots and where he passed from shooting position on multiple occasions. And I've seen a few times where he stepped aside from the faceoff dot and let Cahoon take the draw. Uh, I think the, the issue more on the second line, though, right now is that the wingers aren't doing a hell of a lot of anything. And Drysidle is, uh, is really, the, you know, carrying the mail there. And Cahoon is, uh, is he's, He's good at showing up in dangerous spots once in a while. He needs to bury it a little bit more, I think. And, and uh, uh, Yamamoto is down significantly from where he was in the second half of last season when he was, frankly, outstanding. And we hope to see more than that. But there's some nights where, where you know, he's just, a, I won't say passenger, but he's just another guy that happens to be in the top six. And, and uh, uh, I'd like to see him raise his game on a more consistent level. Do you think we'll ever see the dry line reunited or is that we're just never going to see that again? Because you're right. Yamo has looked, I mean, he's still the aggressive four checker that we absolutely love, Yep. but uh, you know, Ryan Nugent Hopkins is no longer on that line and they replaced him with Dominic Cahoon, who was the, the incomparable players. So do you think we'll ever see, that dry line reunited or is the first line now because i think there's chemistry on that first line is the first line something that you don't want to break up to get the second line moving again uh, you know what as long as people keep asking for the dry line from Tippett, he's just gonna put his feet further into the ground and say no way like he just it, that seems to just drive him insane for whatever reason we saw them a couple of games ago like in the final minute i think for 15 20 seconds oh. Um, you, you know, it's, it is just not something he's, he's going to go back to. And I, I 
can't figure it out. And, and I'm sure Bruce has the same, you know, questioning of it, but I, you know what, I, I mean, this is a good point, part to talk. What drove me nuts last game was how quickly he went to the blender. And uh, you know, it just, the whole game seemed choppy from there. Right. Like putting McDavid on with Yamo and uh, on the, on the second line. I mean, that to me, it was just weird. And uh, I don't know that it did anything other than nobody got going uh, as soon as he put that together. And that's not, I mean, Toronto played a hell of a game. I don't want to take anything. They did. They did. Yeah. But uh, I, I just think he didn't, he didn't stick with his game plan and got off of it pretty quick. He flipped the centers basically in the third period drive for, for McD and gave them each other's wingers for a while. And, and, uh, McDavid did set up Yamamoto for a nice shot, and Drysaddle did set up Pulleyarvi for a nice shot, but they, you know, they couldn't break through, and it seemed like they weren't going to break through on that night. It has shut it all over it after the first period. I was worried that we might not get one. Then. They didn't really test uh, test him though, right? Like there were no. I mean, every shot um, he could see, uh, and um, you know, it was it just it was a solid defensive game by Toronto. Really was, and they and they made the best of their chances, right? Like, I, I mean, I think in the third, Edmonton played a good deal of the time, and and Bruce, you probably have the stats to say, but they played a good deal of the time in Toronto's end, but without really any type of, I would say there were very few Grade A scoring chances, if any, in that third, despite being there so long. Well, we had eight Grade A scoring chances in the game. Uh, but neither David or I could identify a single one that was like a five bell, you know, yeah. high, high end, uh, grade A chance. Uh, and of course, we don't count the ones where the shots miss the net, which there was maybe one or two of those that uh, they had a great chance, but they blew it by missing the net. So, but I read uh, according to uh, high end stats people that uh, the orders had uh, 56.77% of the expected goals in that game. And we actually should have won it by 56.77 to uh, 43.23. I love all those significant digits in this expected goals. <laughs> just love them. That extra digit just tells me so much more. Expected goals is a really weird one. Um, <laughs> it's a little bit of witchcraft. I wanted to ask everyone before, well, we still have you here. Well, uh, we'll start the wind-out procedure. I did ask the Twitterverse uh, who they wanted us to talk about, and uh, it was someone I wanted to talk about anyways. Someone who has uh, one point on the year, is a sub 40% uh, face-off percentage player right now, but someone who continues to dazzle me and haunt my dreams with his amazing board play, and uh, general hockey sense, and that's one Gaetan Haas. Am I am I right to be just endlessly dazzled by this guy, even though you know he's basically like obviously a, a depth, a support player for us? But uh, do you guys see? Are you seeing what I'm seeing? We'll start with uh, start with Bruce. I like him a lot, and I mean I don't like him in the faceoff dot, and that's really unfortunate. If he was a, if he was a killer on the faceoff, that would be that would be so much value to have that right hand stick in the well, anywhere in the lineup that uh, uh, was consistent on the draw, but he, he's, he's not as strong. He, he loses power battles, but he's very shifty, he's fast, he's smart. His positional play is outstanding, I think. And he does all kinds of crafty stuff, like in close to the other guy, like the way he moves his body to, to sort of get his shoulder between the other guy and the puck and pr- mm-hmm. protect it. And, 
and maybe fake like he's going one way and then he's gone the other way. Like he's got a lot of game. I've seen this guy in the Spanker Cup a few times over the years, and he caught, he caught my eye there. And in, in in Switzerland, he was a killer on the penalty kill, so to speak, and on the power play. And last year he was even strength only for the Oilers, so we didn't really see the whole player. But this year he's been on the on the PK and doing pretty well. And he's been on the second power play unit, which by definition means he's not doing well. But he, you know, he's he's at least being given that chance to uh, to bring in the special teams aspect of his game, which he was a specialist in both in, in Switzerland. So we're getting a little better chance to uh, to see his entire game. Sure, it would be nice to see more than that one point, though, wouldn't it? Yeah, no kidding. Yeah, you know, I mean, that's for me. It's that. Exactly that. It's uh, I I love watching Haas play. Um, there's a lot of players I've loved watching play on the Oilers over the years that really didn't amount to much. And and you want to, you know, you just want to cheer for them. He's that guy right now. Like he's the guy I want to cheer for and do really well. You know what? Puliyarvi was that same guy. You know, a couple of seasons ago and turned out to be something, right? When they found uh, when they found him in the right spot with the right coaching. Um, I'm not sure Gaetan Haas is that guy. Uh, the the faceoffs he's got to be better, or yeah. you know he's like forty percent is you know that's um, that's AHL right there, right? Like that's not um, it's not NHL ready. Uh, but he's fun to watch. He seems to have great hockey sense, right? And um, you know maybe he's the kind of guy that he is the kind of guy. I give you this: if he had to jump up in the lineup for a couple of games he could do he could do well you just have to probably have somebody else take a draw for him um but he certainly um you know he he can do a number of different things well and uh what are we paying for him uh you know it, it to me it's 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 one of those guys that came out of nowhere that uh holland um seems to be good at finding and and i'm happy to have him on the team i mean he's um yeah. You know what? I'm just looking at nine fifteen a year, right? Like totally. that's exactly what you want to pay for that. So if they can sign him for the same, I'd be happy to see him back. Yeah, for sure. Um, okay, we'll have to wrap it up there. Uh, thank you, Michael from Oilers Live and Bruce McCurdy from uh, the Cult of Hockey for joining us so much. Uh, High Priest of Oilers Magic. Is there anything you want to? Uh, admonish or give are there any warnings for the young acolytes well there might have been warnings bruce you can you can help settle this are the recent celestial events over the city Mm. of edmonton do they bode well or are they a harbinger of okay that's more uh, (laughs) what do you think (laughs) more astrology when you start talking about boating for the future and i'm more into astronomy than astrology and i got to (laughs) say I'm admiring your background here, fellas, with the aurora up there, the Fireball yeah. Island. Yeah. And uh, this, uh, this, is that your man cave back there? Or what, what do we got going yeah. on oh. with this Oilers dressing room? Or is this just <laughs> one of those slides? That, I think he broke it. into the Oilers dressing room. Uh, yeah, yeah that's today. the Oilers live set right there. <laughs> Now, that little blue star you see in my background here is, is my uh, meteorite collection. So on the shelf there. Behind oh, me. wow. And so nice. on the... The rest is science books, hockey books. So there's kind of a little bit of an amalgam of both here. So So now we know where you get your powers of perception. 